The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, sitting in for Rick, here's Isabel Barrow. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. I'm Isabel Barrow, and I'm filling in for Rick and Gene this weekend. I'm one of the planners here at Edelman Financial Engines. And Rick will be back next week with a special show on Bitcoin, blockchain, and digital assets. And if you'd like to talk on air with Rick about Bitcoin, NFTs, tokens, blockchain, cryptocurrency, any of that, send your question to askrick at rickedelman.com. Or you can always record your question on your smartphone and send it to askrick at rickedelman.com. And if you have any other questions, of course, you can always call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. And I'm happy to be here today, and I have so much to talk about, and a lot of it is really great news because you might have noticed that the market is doing pretty well so far this year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 34,000 for the first time ever last Thursday after Wall Street reported a strong start to the earnings season. And the economy is looking pretty good, too. The latest data shows that the recovery in the U.S. is being supercharged with a combination of fiscal stimulus and, as we know, a relaxation of all those restrictions. And it's not just happening in the U.S. MSCI's broad gauge of global stocks just hit an all-time high as well. And retail sales are up. Wall Street analysts had expected about a 5.5% increase in retail sales, but retail sales were up far more than expected at a seasonally adjusted 9.8% in March after they had dropped about 3% the month before. Now, this increase was the biggest since the general reopening last May after everything was shut down at the beginning of the pandemic mid-March. And it's just another one of the latest signs that the economy is improving More and more Americans have been getting vaccinated and then they're feeling more comfortable going out on activities and going to shops or going to the mall or out to a restaurant or maybe they're taking a vacation. And this has also led to U.S. consumer confidence reaching its highest point in a year in March. And a lot of this return to, I'll call it consumerism, was driven by that third round of stimulus checks, which were sent out roughly are starting in the beginning of March, and most U.S. adults received $1,400. The New York Federal Reserve surveyed more than a 1,000 people and asked them what they were planning on spending that money on, and they determined that about a quarter of those people were going to be spending that stimulus check on stuff, on buying goods, and maybe the rest of the money was going to be used to pay down debt or maybe put aside for savings. So while a portion of the stimulus money is going back into the economy, Some of it is just plain old going towards Americans' bottom line and putting themselves in a better financial position by paying off debt or increasing their emergency funds. So these are all great things from a personal finance perspective. And and of course, unemployment numbers are, are looking good, too. 
Employers added 916,000 jobs last month, which was the most since last August. And the Labor Department reported unemployment insurance for the week that ended in April 10th reached the lowest level since March of 2020. But not everyone agrees that things are looking good. There are those who believe it's still a fragile recovery and that even a fourth stimulus check might be needed. Because while finances for many American households are improving, there are really still millions that are struggling financially. And a recent survey by the U.S. Census Bureau showed that about 30 percent of Americans still couldn't cover all of their household expenses in late March. And of course, sadly, we know that about 18 million adults are still going hungry every month. Because of these factors, a group of 21 Democratic senators recently sent a letter to President Biden asking him to include recurring direct payments and automatic unemployment insurance extensions in that long term economic plan. But so far, Biden has not indicated, at least publicly, that he supports that fourth stimulus payment. So you may ask, well, everything looks great, but. What's the next shoe that could drop, so to speak? And I, and I know you're wondering this because it's human nature. The, yeah, yeah, everything looks great or it seems to be getting better, but it's just kind of psychological. We feel the pain of losing money more than we find pleasure from earning money. So we're worried about this. We're worried about when we're going to start losing because all we've been doing is earning. And when the stock market is great, like it has been, we just feel like, well, yeah, that's what I deserve for being an investor. That's what I get for putting my money in the stock market. But when it goes in the different direction or it goes negative, we forget about all the good times. And instead, we just focus on the pain of those losses. So, for example, if you started with $100,000 in the market and over 10 years, it doubles and it's $200,000. Well, you've made a hundred grand. But then we hit a rough patch, bear market, and you're down 20%. So 20% of 200,000 is 40,000. Okay, well, now you're left with 160,000. But your focus is not on that long-term 60,000 that you've made or that you still have your initial 100,000. It's human nature to rather focus on that 40000 that we lost. And we forget that you actually haven't even lost it until you sell it. And who's going to sell into the drop? I mean, not you. I know it's not you because you're listening to the show regularly and you've heard Rick say not to do that. Because you know that over the long term, markets historically have recovered from these types of dips. So it's time to change your mindset and start thinking differently. You know, take the good and the bad and recognize that sometimes the good is just good. And so back to that bad news that you're waiting for. Well, here's potentially something else you've been thinking about. So where did all the money go from this government stimulus? We talked about some of it going back to goods and stuff and some of it going to pay down debt. But what about the rest? Well, preliminary fourth quarter figures showed that while personal incomes were down from the previous quarter, real Per capita income grew by more than 5% in 2020, which was the highest growth rate of real disposable income since 1984. And that was before the $900 billion December stimulus and the $1.9 trillion recent stimulus package. So where did this money go? Well, like I said before, a lot of it went to savings. Quarterly savings mid-2020 were up by $800 billion. While historically, the savings rate's been somewhere between usually 7 to 8% is what people are saving in their banks, it was 26% in the second quarter of 2020. 
So what happens when all of this money is just sitting idle? Well, people are either going to spend it or they're going to invest it. And what happens then, you ask? You might be thinking, all right, well, they're spending it. They're putting it back into the economy. What happens then? All of this extra money flowing into the system. You might be thinking inflation, right? I know you're thinking it. You've heard whispers about inflation for years, and so far none of it's come true. But current inflation figures for 2020, which is we're looking at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, was 1.4%. And the long-term average annual inflation since 1913 has been more like 3.1%. And even if we just look from one year ago, when we know that prices were depressed early on in that part of the pandemic, we're at 2.6% inflation from March 2020 to March 2021. So I don't know about you, but that still sounds pretty low to me. So why are we worried about it? Why does this keep getting mentioned in the press? Well, because with all the money getting pumped into the economy and all of this demand creeping up, it does seem logical that inflation would ensue. And if there are further tax increases on corporations, and and Rick's told you on this show many times, corporations aren't just going to eat that cost, that extra cost they have from extra taxes. They're just going to pass it along to you, the consumer, which in turn means the stuff you're buying from them is then going to get more expensive, right? But is it a big deal? And if so, how big of a deal? That's the question. And keep in mind that right now, inflation's still well below historic averages. And while there have been areas that we've seen increases, some top Fed officials have said that they still view low inflation as a greater risk, not high inflation. And while obviously the rampant inflation of the 70s would not be ideal, is there really a rational fear of high inflation right now? And it's true that headline CPI ticked up in March, but most of this, in fact, 60% was due to an increase in energy prices, which are historically volatile and could also be increased by demand now that people are getting back to commuting and flying. And remember, core CPI, which excludes those often volatile categories, was up less, 1.6. And all that energy price inflation, well, I mentioned this is what accounted for 60% of the uptick. A lot of that was caused by weather-related disruptions like the deep freeze and subsequent energy disruption in Texas or even simply with blockage in the Suez Canal that reduced capacity for distribution. Well, in March, year over year, gas prices were up 22% from a year ago. And in March alone, it was up 9.1%. And for some of these increases in costs, there's another easy, not scary explanation because when Demand went down dramatically in 2020. There were areas where costs went down as well. Think about all these things that you were not able to do last year that you're starting to do again, like hotels and airlines and trips. When demand dropped, so did prices in 2020. And now that demand is coming back, so are prices. I mean, think about high heels or suits. I mean, I never went out and bought a pair of high heels in April of last year. So, The points that we were looking at in 2020 to compare the new 2021 numbers were temporarily low because the pandemic shutdowns. And that's this may just be a natural, a reflation and a reversion to the mean is what I'm talking about, meaning we go through eras of low inflation and we may need to go through eras of higher than average inflation just to get back to the average. And average inflation's usually been around 3% since 1913, and inflation over the last 10 years has been lower, around 1.8, and even 20 years lower than that at 1.5. 
So this tells us we've been in a low inflation environment for 20 years when we compare it to the average. And perhaps a ticking up of inflation is just a signal we may not be in this low interest rate, low inflation environment forever. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what happens if we do see inflation and who is this a risk for? Is it really a big deal? If you have questions about this or other things, give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK, 888-752-6742, or at rickedelman.com. You're listening to Isabel Barrow on The Rick Edelman Show. author of the New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Your Future, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to The Rick Edelman Show. You're on with Isabel Barrow. I'm in for Rick today. And we've been talking about inflation and the concerns that you may have about it. And what would happen if this happens to you? What would happen if we do have inflation? How is it going to affect you? We've been in this very low inflation environment for a long time. And I think that you probably have expected that at some point inflation was going to go back up. I mean, you didn't go out and refinance your house or get a new mortgage or take out that new home equity loan because you assumed interest rates and inflation were going to stay low for good. No, you haven't been going out buying up 30-year treasury bonds thinking that the rates were great and they were only going to go lower. At least I don't think you have been. You've always assumed that eventually interest rates were going to pick back up, which in turn means that eventually bonds might start paying more. Banks would have to start paying you more than zero point nothing on your money in the bank and CDs would be normal again. (laughs) While it's not good for people who are living off of their current long term bond income, if you structured long term bond portfolio or a ladder using the low rates that have been around, that is relative to longer term average rates. Well, the bonds that you've been able to get recently, that's going to be more of an issue for you than if we do see a return to higher inflation over the long run. And if you're living on a fixed income or an annuity that doesn't have inflation protection, well, that hasn't been so much of an issue for you over the last 10 years or maybe even 20. But if we see inflation come back, you may need to go back or start, if you weren't before, to considering this potential risk as part of your overall long-term financial plan. Here at Edelman Financial Engines, we've never taken our eye off the ball. We considered inflation to be one of the risks you're going to face throughout retirement. And if you don't know if inflation is included in your overall financial plan, or if you need a financial plan that incorporates this, well, we're here to help. The financial advisor at Edelman Financial Engines is not just going to look at inflation or retirement. We're going to help you build a financial plan. And We can help if market volatility is making you nervous about your investments. And we can help if you've had a life-changing event, a job loss, a divorce, an inheritance. I mean, these are just a couple of the many situations that an experienced financial planner can help you with. Call us at Edelman Financial Engines to get a free retirement review and financial plan from an Edelman Financial Engines planner. You'll meet with an experienced planner who's going to give you objective advice about how you're investing and how you can reach your goals. All of our planners here at Edelman Financial Engines are fiduciaries who put your interests first. You'll get a personal financial plan and help you secure your future. The plan alone is worth $800. 
Call Triple Eight Plan Rick by 10 p.m. Tuesday or sign up at rickedelman.com and get a free retirement review and personal financial plan. This brings us back to the bottom line as we're thinking about financial planning and inflation. If you're thinking about inflation and the risks to you, ask yourself a few questions. What would the true effect on me be if inflation goes up? Well, do you live on a fixed income, like a fixed annuity with no future inflation adjustment? Do you have a pension or one with an inflation adjustment like Social Security? Well, truly, these inflation adjustments may not also keep up with the true inflation when you look at your expenses. For one, think about a couple of things. Your mortgage, for example, which is for many one of their largest monthly expenses, well, that's not going to inflate, assuming you have a fixed 30-year mortgage, like Rick always talks about on this show. And is your portfolio positioned in a way that takes inflation into account? Remember that, historically speaking, having a diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, gold, real estate, international holdings is considered to be one of the best ways to protect yourself against inflationary risks. And if you're not sure if your portfolio is best positioned for your future, you do need to talk to a planner. And if you don't know who to call, call us at 888-PLAN-RIC. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. If inflation is a concern of yours, then all the more reason you should keep your money invested instead of pulling it out of the market and putting it into cash. Now, you know that I don't have a crystal ball and past results are not an indication or prediction of future performance. I'm just saying that if you have these concerns and if you don't know if not only your portfolio, but your overall long-term financial plan takes inflation into account, well, that might be a reason for you to seek advice from an advisor. And if you need one, we are here to help. So if you want to talk to someone, give us a call, 888-PLAN-RICK, 888-752-6742. Well, so now you've decided that having an advisor is the right thing for you, but what about if you have an advisor and you think, maybe I need another advisor, another second set of eyes? Maybe you want to keep the one you have, but you want to see what else is out there. And maybe you think changing to a new one might be the right path. And these are the questions that sometimes come up. Should I have one advisor or more than one? I sometimes hear this. And we talk about not having all of your eggs in one basket. And I hear sometimes people say, well, isn't working with only one advisor like having all of my eggs in one basket? Well, for starters, your advisor is not the basket we're talking about. The portfolio is the basket. And the investments within the portfolio, well, those are the eggs. Your advisor should have your investment in many different areas, many different eggs, stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, international. That, that's the basket we're talking about. And if you hire more than one advisor, the risk becomes that now you have two or more advisors that you have to in turn manage. And that kind of defies the point of delegating this work. And what if their advice or investment style is conflicting with each other? What if one's buying what the other is selling? Well, aside from the obvious issues this will create with your taxes, how does this really benefit you? And would that conflicting advice potentially delay or derail the implementation of your plan? Is this just a too many cooks in the kitchen scenario? The inability to implement your plan because of a lack of a cohesive voice is also potentially a risk to you. 
So while it's up to you and there is no right answer, typically the best advice is to hire an investment advisor that can take care of things soup to nuts for you so that you don't have to. Well, this past week, we celebrated Earth Day as we do every April 22nd, at least since Earth Day started in 1970. Earth Day represented the beginning of the recognition in our public consciousness of the state of our planet. And that recognition of Earth Day in 1970 actually was a rare political alignment in that it was supported by both Democrats and Republicans, by rich and poor, by city residents and farmers alike, by businesses and labor leaders. And by the end of 1970, the first Earth Day led to the creation of the U.S. EPA, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and the passage of other first-of-their-kind environmental laws, including the National Environmental Education Act, Occupational Safe and Health Act, and the Clean Air Act. And then two years later, Congress passed the Clean Water Act. In 1990, Earth Day went global, mobilizing 200 million people in 141 countries and lifting environmental issues to the world stage. Earth Day 1990 gave a huge boost to recycling efforts worldwide and helped pave the way for the 1992 UN Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro. Happy Earth Day to all. I'm Isabel Barrow. And coming up on the show, we're going to go to the phones and we're also going to be talking about when should you call your advisor? If you haven't hired an advisor, when's the right time to do that? What are some of the things that are going to help you make a decision? Stay with us for more on The Rick Edelman Show. 888-PLAN-RICK, rickedelman.com. For more information on what you need to do now, go to rickedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com. The Rick Edelman Show continues. Isabel Barrow, I'm in for Rick today. And just a reminder, if you didn't hear, we have a special offer from now through Tuesday at 10 p.m., for a free retirement review and for personal financial plan. Just give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK or reach us at rickedelman.com. Let's take a phone call. We're going to go to Queens, New York. Natalie, what is your question, Natalie? Um, I wanted to get an annuity because a family member cashed one in. So I wanted to find out about, um, like, you know, what's a reliable company. I know they're sold by insurance companies. And, you know, to find out what's the... I don't know if you could get one for five or $10,000. I also wanted to find out about, you know, the surrender charges. And I want one that, you know, you're not going to lose your principal, so I don't know if I'll have to get a fixed one. And also what kind of fees are charged by the companies who handle annuities. Ah, okay. Wow. So, okay. Um, great question, Natalie. Thank you for bringing it up to us. But before I get into the details here, I have just some maybe broader questions because you said you wanted to get an annuity because a family member cashed one in. But can we talk a little bit more about your situation and tell me what the purpose of the money, this five or $10,000 that you're trying to invest, what's the purpose of it? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, I wanted to, I came into a little bit of money and I just want to make sure that some of it, you know, I invested in some way, even if it's like a small investment that, you know, that I won't lose any principal and that in the future, maybe when I retire or later on, I'll have that money still there and all of what I came into don't get spent. Okay. 
So when you say you don't want to lose principal, but then you also say, you know, I don't want it to get spent. So is that something that is more about I want to prevent myself from spending this money? Or is it because you need for some reason to have that principle as a bottom line that you cannot go below? No, I don't need, but I would not like to lose any principle. I, I see. Okay. So it's right. more about sort of the emotional ramifications of if I, I came into this right. money, if I lose it, uh, no, that's not going to feel good. Right. Okay. So why an annuity? You said your family member cashed one out. Did they recommend this to you or did somebody else bring this up to you? Just how did an annuity become the thing that you started thinking about? Yes. Okay. My aunt, her husband passed and he had like two or three of them and she cashed it in and got the money from it to help pay for different things after his passing. Mm -hmm. Also, while he was still alive, he cashed one in and he used it to purchase, you know, a vehicle with. So I see that it's kind of a good thing that you can have and that when you, you, you can cash it in and you will get money from it. Yeah. Well, and that may be the case. I guess let's just kind of back it up to the 10,000 foot view of what is an annuity? What does it actually accomplish? And is it better or worse than other things that might potentially have those same benefits? Because if the things that you're looking for are, I do not want to lose principal, I want to earn a little bit of money, and I want to be able to cash it in for something in the future. And I don't know exactly right now what that is, but it might be a retirement or it might be like my aunt did, you know, uh, uh, buy a car, right? So you need to have safety. You need to have a little bit of earnings you want to see, and you need to have um, liquidity, okay? So those are the things that I have heard from you so far. Um, And your questions are, tell me about an annuity. Um, Okay, so there are many, many, many different types of annuities. So we can start out with the one that you're probably talking about here, which is a single premium deferred annuity, meaning let's say you put in $5,000 in this case and its money is locked up for some period of time and then at the end of the period of time, you get your money back plus some potential interest, right? Okay. So that type of an annuity, right, you're not going to see probably, and this is not in every case, but I'm just going to kind of speak generally here. You're not going to see a a, uh, a charge, like a fee when you buy it, but it's going to have a very low rate of interest. And it's going to give you more likely than not two of the things that you're looking for, one of which is safety of principal and a little bit of earnings. What it's not going to do here is be super liquid for you if you need to get money out before the maturity of the annuity. So if it's a 10-year maturity and you need the money at five years because something came up, that might be a little tricky, right? So that's when you get into there could be potential surrender charges or fees to get out of it early. Um, and taxes, right? So there, there could also be that coming into play. There are other types of annuities that people think about. Uh, I mean, a big one clearly is an annuity that's an income annuity. That sort of acts like a pension where you put your money in and instead of at the end of the period, they give you your money back, right? So if you put 5000 in in an annuity I was just talking about, well, at the end, you get 5000 plus interest. Instead, this one, you put 5000 in and they say, hey, 
great. We're just going to pay you 25 bucks a month for the rest of your life. That's not an actual quote. I'm just saying, for example. Mm -hmm. So that's an income annuity. Now, those have pros and cons as well. It doesn't sound like that's exactly what would be right in this situation either. So I'm going to steer you away from those. And for anyone else who might be thinking about that, remember that those types of annuities have issues with inflation protection. So they typically... That fixed 25 bucks a month you're getting is still 25 bucks 30 years down the road when theoretically you need a lot more than that because of inflation. And then other types of annuities are tax deferred annuities. There are equity index annuities. There's all sorts of annuities. But what I would suggest to you, Natalie, in this case is start to think about other investments, cash like investments like CDs or money markets that are going to provide you that liquidity, right? So if the annuity is going to give you your principal back and a little bit of interest, but it's not going to be as easily or as readily liquid to you, meaning you just can't go and and get it whenever you want or whenever you need, there are other products and investments that will do both. Um, We'll do all three rather. We'll give you safety of principal, uh, a little bit of interest, and you can get out of them whenever you want. Now, in the case of a CD, for example, you might lose a little interest or there might be a small penalty to get out, but you still can in most cases, assuming you go to a bank CD. And realistically, they're probably going to be pretty competitive in pricing with, you know, one of those deferred annuities that I suggested. And the benefit of a CD as well is let's just say you go with a CD and it's paying less than the annuity was. Well, that's probably because it might only be a six month or a one year CD. And if interest rates are higher in a year from now than they are now, Well, if your CD is continuing to roll over, you're actually getting a higher and higher interest rate because your CD that was at zero point nothing now, well, next year it might be at 1%. And the year after that, it rolls over again, it might be at two and so on and so forth. So you end up having some protection there against inflation and interest rate increases, which would likely not apply in the type of annuity that you have been suggested or have been looking at. So I think, Natalie, realistically, for you, in this case, I would look at something that has more liquidity. I'm not saying the annuity is the wrong thing for you, um, but I do think that, you know, when you are looking at products like this, you've got to ask all the questions. It's not just the fees and the surrender charges, and I don't want to lose my principal. It's how quickly and easily can I get my money back when I need it? So hopefully, Natalie, that answers your question. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to us, Natalie. Um, we really appreciate your call, and I wish you luck with this little bit of money you have, and I know you'll do the right thing. Thank you. Well, that was Natalie from Queens, New York, and Natalie had uh, great questions about annuities, and these are questions that you might have as well, and if you're not already working with a financial advisor, these are questions that you could bring to a financial advisor, and we could help you with not just questions about annuities and what's right or wrong for you in terms of investments, but, but also about the bigger picture in retirement. Does this fit into the entire plan? If you're worried about market volatility, if you're worried about investments, or if you're just thinking about them, maybe you're not worried about it, but you're thinking about it, or you've had a change in your situation. Well, there's a lot of situations where an experienced professional can help. And call us at Edelman Financial Engines and get a free retirement review and financial plan from an experienced Edelman Financial Engines planner. Between now and Tuesday at 10 p.m., if you call us at 888-PLAN-RICK or sign up at rickedelman.com, 
you'll be eligible for a free retirement review and personal financial plan. That plan alone is worth $800. You'll meet with an experienced planner who will give you objective advice on how you're investing and how you can reach your goals. So give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK, 888-752-6742 or at rickedelman.com. author of the 2008 Personal Finance Book of the Year, The Lies About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to The Rick Edelman Show. I'm Isabel Barrow, and I'm in for Rick this week. And Rick will be back next week with a special on... Bitcoin, blockchain, and digital assets. And so if you'd like to talk on air with Rick about Bitcoin, NFTs, tokens, blockchain, cryptocurrency, send your questions to askrick at rickedelman.com or record your question on your smartphone and send it to us at askrick at rickedelman.com. Well, by now you've probably heard about Bernie Madoff's passing and it's brought up a lot of questions about how did he do it? How did he get away with it? How did so many people not know for so many years? It also brings up the question of how do you know that something like that won't happen to you? How do you know if you choose an advisor and not just choose an advisor who's trustworthy and not a Bernie Madoff crook, but just generally? Do you know if an advisor is worth the money you'll pay? I mean, what's the point? What's the benefit? How should you do it? Well, let's start with just thinking about the basics. Like, do you need an advisor to begin with? The answer, perhaps, lies in your skill, your knowledge, your time and desire to do it on your own. If you're currently managing your own money and you love doing it, you have the time, you you think you're an expert, then why would you hire a manager? I mean, and it may be great that you can do all of those. But the question you need to ask is, are you really doing better than an expert could? And if your answer there is yes, then great. But would your spouse, your husband or wife be able to manage it that same way when you're gone? And what about your kids? Does everyone understand your investment strategy? And would they be able to pick up where you left off? Have you looked at the whole picture, like life insurance, estate planning, tax strategies? And perhaps you say, well, I only have a small 401k. I'm just getting started. Well, yeah, you're right. You're you're probably going to be okay starting out using the tools your employer's 401k plans provided. But As your money grows, as your family grows, your assets and your tax situation gets more complex, well, you know, doing it yourself now doesn't mean you should do it forever because it's also not only just about the investments, but maybe more importantly, the financial plan. For example, when you have kids, well, have you updated your beneficiaries on that 401k? Have you increased your life insurance through work or bought it privately? Do you have legal documents in place in case something happens to you? Well, a good financial planner will make these kinds of recommendations to you. And in the context of full financial planning, all of this will be part of the holistic view. So you say, well, what would this do for me, right? How would I benefit? How much is an advisor worth? Can they make up the cost of their fee? Well, a 2019 study by Northwestern Mutual found that U.S. adults who worked with an advisor had greater financial security, confidence, and clarity than the do-it-yourselfers. And in a 2019 Vanguard study, they concluded that having a financial advisor can actually increase the client's investment returns by about 3%. 
That's right. Vanguard, the home of the do-it-yourselfer, they identified a few factors that could have contributed to those increased returns, one of which was keeping a long-term focus. Advisors were more apt to keep their clients focused in the long term. And you see, most people think that they're going to be the buy and hold type. But in reality, without an advisor to continually remind you of this when times get tough and markets get volatile, people still tend to buy and sell at the wrong times and market time, even though they know they shouldn't. You know, something happens in the world or politics and they think, well, just this one time, it's got to be better to get out. And the reality is it's usually not. An advisor can act as a behavior coach and stop you from doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And another way advisors can add value is what Vanguard calls thoughtful asset allocation. That's creating a portfolio with the right amount in stocks, uh, you know, large, mid, small, international, gold, real estate, et cetera, et cetera. Vanguard concluded that advisors are just better at this than the do-it-yourselfers. And rebalancing, that's the process of adjusting your portfolio periodically. This is often neglected by do-it-yourselfers, and if it's done correctly, advisors can add more value by doing this for their clients. And here at Edelman Financial Engines, we have a review process, and this helps us with rebalancing on an as-needed basis versus just, you know, a preset review period for rebalancing that's maybe once or twice a year, like some individuals do or some investment managers do. So we can be really more strategic with our rebalancing efforts. And another is in keeping the expenses low within the portfolio. And all of this, Vanguard said, can add up to a potential 3% that an advisor can add to your portfolio's performance over what you could do on your own. So this doesn't even really include the potential benefits that advisors can add in strategic tax decisions like tax loss harvesting or decisions about where and when to take income and from which accounts. And this is a huge one for many. Because the implications of taking from the wrong account at the wrong time within our income strategy can have a lasting effect on your ability to make your money last for your lifetime or on your Medicare premiums or your tax rates. Well, and just a bevy of other things that you don't even realize until it's too late. So you ask, how do I start the process? Well, one, you have to think about what type of relationship do you want? Do you want to get help with just financial planning or Maybe not the investments. Well, maybe you want an hourly financial planner and you can just pay them per hour or or per plan. But every time you have a change or a question, you're going to have to pay for a new plan or a fee. And you might have to pay for investments separately. If you decide that you want help with that financial planning, the roadmap as well as driving the car to get there, then you need a financial planner who also provides that investment management. And this type of advisor is going to look holistically at the entire picture. All of your needs, you build a financial plan and an investment strategy to go along with it. And that takes a long-term approach. And and for this, you're likely going to pay one fee for both of those services. And this service will typically involve regular reviews and updates on an as-needed basis so that when you have those changes in your life, It's all covered under that investment management fee. Well, what questions do you need to start asking if you hire an advisor? Well, one is, are you a fiduciary? Are you legally and ethically bound to act in your best interest, not the advisor's best interest or their employer's best interest? This can help mitigate that conflict of interest concern. Ask them what their costs are. Ask them about their fees. Are they fee-based or commission-based? What's in it for them? How long have they been an advisor? 
if something happens to you, what happens to me? That's a really good one. You know, if they're not around to take the call because they're on vacation, who's handling your money? Who's handling your questions? And the first thing you should do when you call an advisor is tell them you have money and you want to invest it. And what's their response? Do they start talking about products or investments or do they start talking about your goals, your retirement accounts, your cash on hand, your savings strategy, your circumstances, your family, your goals? It's not just the investments that matter initially. It's your needs and goals. It's the financial planning Again, it's the laying out of the roadmap that has to come first. When you go on a trip, you don't just hop in the car and get on the road. I mean, you have to know where you're going. You need to know if you're going to have enough money for food and gas and repairs along the way. And if your advisor isn't doing this, then are they only looking at that investment strategy and not the entire picture? You know, do they provide comprehensive advice about the overall situation and not just the investment portfolio? Are they looking at your insurance? your homes, your mortgages, your taxes, college planning, estate planning, retirement planning, income planning, intergenerational issues? Are they analyzing your social security options? Are they familiar with your family dynamics? You know, who manages the money? What's the situation with your parents and your kids? Do you trust your advisor to be able to step in and provide help and guidance to your family if you are not able to control them anymore? Either because of illness or, or death or incapacity. Well, if you've been thinking about getting a, a financial advisor and you're thinking about all these questions and you say, you know, I think it's the right idea for me. I think that I need a comprehensive financial advisor. Well, you can always give it a try first. And we are between now and Tuesday offering a free retirement review and financial plan. And that's between now and Tuesday at 10 p.m. If you give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK or you sign up at rickedelman.com, again, you'll be eligible for a free retirement review and personal financial plan. You'll meet with an experienced financial planner who's a fiduciary and who's going to give you objective advice on how you're investing, how you can reach your goals. You'll get a personal financial plan to help you secure your future. And that plan alone is worth $800. So if you're interested in this, give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK or sign up at rickedelman.com. I'm Isabel Barrow, and it's been a pleasure to be here with you today. Rick will be back next week. Have a great weekend. about money every weekend on the Rick Edelman show.